This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Monday. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your December 14th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy who's always down for a little camo, Jerem Jordan. I don't think I've ever worn camo. I've, I've never gone hunting, uh, but I know a man who has. So we get a text you know, during the game saying, hey, I'm at the game. I'm the guy in camo. And we're like, oh, that's weird and funny. Like, why would John Beck be at the game? And why would he be in camo? In full hunting gear. Well, come to find out, he was. So, yeah. And, and in fact, after the game, John and I were chatting. People were coming up to me and talking to me. But I, w- I was not introducing them to John, who had a mask on. Right? I was just keeping his identity concealed. Well, you really want to be concealed when you're wearing camo. John made an uh, appearance on the post-game show as well <laughs> that you're seeing on BYU TV. So, fun to have John back there. He was hanging out with the Wilsons. Obviously, there's a relationship with... Uh, Right, you know, and then all these jokes started to happen when I tweeted out a photo. Mm-hmm. People were like, "Why is Spencer holding up a microphone to nothing?" I can't see him. How long did Spencer drive to meet with John Beck? <laughs> Pretty funny. Did he go on a ten-hour drive to do this interview? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we also asked John which BYU quarterback he's going to essentially tutor next, and he well, said, "Oh, the pressure's on, man." Well, he said that a lot of parents think they have the next kid, right? Uh, but he said. Zach has a unique mindset and work with ethic that and skill set and some skills that, that go along with yeah. what has happened. So it's not like you can uh, listen. You can work hard and accomplish a ton, but you have to have like the drive, motivation. You also have to have to have the skills to pay the bills. Like it's not just enough to work hard or try hard or think positively. You got to have some skills, and Zach certainly has this year. John Beck showing up at that game basically solidifies the fact that Zach Wilson is gone because it was the last time. Okay. That Zach, Zach, we think, played in the Bellabird Stadium. Why would he come back? Um, to play seven power f- He wore a lay after the game. As soon as I saw that, I was like, Gonzo. <laughs> it's, it's over. He's not going to wear a lay if it's not his last home game. So, uh, or maybe he just, you know, Polynesian friend gave it to him. But he, he gone. Come on. Yeah. Get out of here. Love you. Love you, Zach. We're so excited for you. Here's your show lineup. How do you feel about a pre-Christmas bowl game in Florida? BYU has done it before. And they'll do it again. And is the best realistic, is it this, this the best realistic matchup for the 10-1 Cougars? ESPN's Trevor Maddish will join us to preview that game. Is the top 10 AP ranking in the final poll still in play for the Cougars at this point? Plus, BYU senior linebacker Isaiah Kafusi joins us to recap a senior night win over San Diego State and what he thinks of a showdown with UCF. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU will play UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl December 22nd on ESPN. The Cougars announced it this morning after multiple reports came out yesterday. UCF is 6-3, lost three games by 12 points, so 15 points away from being undefeated. BYU is one yard away. The Knights are putting up 44 games, sixth best in FBS. They've met twice, splitting games in 2011 and 14. Quarterback matchup is incredible. There's a wide receiver matchup with Marlon Williams and Dax Milne. That's amazing. I, I think this is an awesome game. We'll break it down in a minute. Very entertaining matchup on the surface. BYU stays at number 14 in the latest AP poll following a regular season finale victory against old rival San Diego State. 28-14 late Saturday night. Zach Wilson, 26 of 35, 303 yards, three touchdowns. Dax Milne, eight catches, 
106 yards. He's over 1,100 for the season, and he scored another touchdown. How about Isaac Rex? Two touchdown catches. He's got 10. How about Lopini Katoa? 135 all, uh, total, total offense. All 90 perfect. on the ground. BYU gave up 14 points in the first quarter, pitched a shutout the rest of the game. Slippery conditions may have helped out with that a little bit. Yeah, BYU Sports Nation tweeted a uh, revealing photo of a banana peel <laughs> near the goal line on that fourth. That down. sneaky Donkey Kong. Crazy, man. Good thing you uh, go through those cubes, you know. BYU men's hoops blows out Utah 82-64. That felt good. By uh, 17 points from Connor Harding, 15 and 7 from this man, Richard Harward, and 16 points from Spencer the Instapunt Johnson. BYU plays at San Diego State Friday afternoon. 17 plus over Utah, Jerem. How about that? Mm. How about that? Cougars in the NFL led off by Taysom Hill, 28 of 38, 291 yards passing, two touchdowns, and an interception in a Saints surprising loss to the Eagles, 24 21. Daniel Sorensen had seven tackles. Kyle Van Noy did not play in a Chiefs 33-27 win against the Miami Dolphins. Fred Warner helped the 49ers beat the Washington, or lose, actually. Should they help them lose? He tried he to prevent a lose. loss. He tried to prevent a loss against the Washington football team, 23-15. Harvey Longy continues his excellent play. Nine tackles for the New York Jets. They lost to Jerem Seahawks. Yeah, that's right. I didn't even watch the fourth quarter. It was that boring. 40-3. Yikes. Jamal Williams, 10 carries, 38 yards, and a Packers win over the Lions. Michael Davis had a game-changing interception that helped the Chargers beat the Falcons. And tonight, Sione Takitaki and the Cleveland Browns, who will have a winning record for the first time in forever, will take on the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. Both Yoli Childs and Jake Toulson made their NBA debuts this weekend. Toulson played four minutes Friday in the Jazz win versus the Suns. And Childs had three points and five rebounds in seven minutes in a 119-114 Wizards loss to the Brooklyn Nets. How about Yoli Childs' teammates with Russell Westbrook? That's weird. It is crazy. Now, oh. Russell Westbrook's teammates with Yoli Childs. Oh, okay. You, want, you see, I, see what I did there? Spoken like a true jazz fan. No, like, <laughs> jet, what? No, like a BYU fan. <laughs> I'm kidding. What? All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Destination Florida and Boca Raton, BYU and UCF. The Golden Knights 6-3, and three, BYU 10-1. and one is the Boca Raton Bowl, Jerem, against the Knights as good as can be expected for BYU, all things considered. Yeah, I don't think that BYU is really going to get into a better situation than this. And guess what? In terms of program prestige and a good team, a relevant team, a relevant program, this is about as good as it could get. I'm not sure it could be better than this. Like, you could play a better team this year that doesn't have three losses, but you won't play a better program. Like, if BYU played Tulsa... You see Tulsa and you have uh, a reaction. You see UCF and you go, oh, UCF, okay. And you look at what Dylan Gabriel's doing. Number one in the country in total offense, number two in passing touchdowns with Zach Wilson, by the way. That quarterback matchup's going to be fun. Marlon Williams is an incredible receiver for UCF against Dax Milne. I mean, that's going to be fun. Obviously, it's semi-away, about three hours away from uh, Boca Raton and uh, Orlando there. So on the campus of Florida Atlantic, let's go. I, I think this is going to be fun. UCF's legit passing offense. Like, this isn't going to be anything BYU's seen all year. Like, nothing. Boise State, obviously, Cade Fennigan's the fourth stringer. Um, then you have Grayson McCall throws for, like, 100 or less, right, against, uh, you know, for Coastal Carolina. They, they rush for 275 or whatever. Then you had uh, this last week, San Diego State, one of the tougher games. Houston, Clayson Tune had a good first three quarters. Navy, like, BYU will not have faced anything remotely close to this. So this is a challenge. But 
if BYU can win this game, they finish 11-1, and take down Navy, Houston, Boise State, San Diego State, UCF. Those are some nice group of five wins. And BYU becomes the sixth team in program history with one loss. And maybe, maybe, maybe finishes in the top ten. That's only happened thrice in school history. 83, 84, 96. So there's a ton to play for here. I, I really love the matchup. I think the location is cool for the mm-hmm. guys. And when I say matchup, I, I really like the opponent. In fact, it's a tough game. BYU's played a lot worse games than this, than this one. This is a de facto road game because, as you said, Jim, yeah, about three hours away from Orlando, UCF has one of the largest alumni bases in the entire country, probably because 60, they students. bring 60,000 students a year to campus. Yeah, yeah. they're there to party and go to school. <laughs> quite, quite literally. Yeah. I like the matchup, too. Realistically, yeah, this, this feels like about as good as BYU could nice get. It's, it's a meeting of the last two non-Power 5 champions, right? Group 5 champions. I like it. 84 and 2017. The quarterback <laughs> and offensive matchups are so fun. So yeah. the buildup will be a lot of fun. I am honestly a little disappointed that BYU did not have an opportunity to play a Power 5 school. This will be the first time since 1975 that BYU has not played at least one Power 5 program on a football schedule. Hence BYU's 10-1. But I feel like if BYU showed up against a bunch of different Power 5 programs, they would be just fine. And yeah. so I was and, hoping and for, like, the Cure Bowl against the ACC maybe, but then Coastal Carolina got the nod there if they don't get invited to the New Year's Six, which, you know, I understand. Yeah, I, I listen, BYU played a Power 5 team 2013 Washington, 2015 uh, Utah in, in Independence. It just kind of is what it is. BYU's going to play in an ESPN Bowl. They don't have a lot of sway. Like, ESPN can say, yeah, we want to get you in this matchup, but ESPN has to deal with the existing bowl tie-ins as well. Remember when BYU ticked off the Mountain West by getting into the Potato Bowl because the Mountain West didn't get Wyoming in that Mm -hmm. game? There's a lot of politicking going on with what bowl game you play in. And you'd think, hey, maybe ESPN can set you up to uh, play in a better game. It's tricky as an independent. It just is. I think this is as good a game as BYU could get. Yeah. And I wanted, like I said, a Power 5. Utah would have been so fun and epic. That would have been fun. Coastal Carolina, a rematch. Nilpau told me after the game, let's run it back against Coastal Carolina. If not that, I want Utah. BYU gets UCF. That was probably my fourth option down the list. The third. Uh, ranked team. Any ranked team. Mm. Yeah, that would have been awesome. And UCF is, you know, hoping that they can jump into the rankings with a win against BYU. And they might. They might if they finish seven and three with a win over a top fifteen team. Here's the thing. Good. Here's the thing about and, BYU and Florida. It hasn't been in the state of Florida. It hasn't been great, Jerem. In fact, it's been terrible. Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is zero and eight all time playing football in the state of Florida. This just in. That's not good. In fact, it's bad. The AAC as a conference is 0-3 altogether in the Boca Raton Bowl, so something's going to change there. So much history there for the AAC. <laughs> Topic two. BYU Hoops beats Utah by 18. Okay. How would you summarize the importance of that win? Oh, man. Not only was it gratifying, but it was a dominating win and a much-needed win for BYU's resume following just a gut punch of a loss to Boise State earlier in the week. What stings even more, though, is... If BYU beats Boise State and they're seven and one, 
<sighs> That'd be nice, know, right? That'd be nice. I know. But now BYU is six and two, and they're going on the road to a top twenty team in San Diego State with mm-hmm. a massive opportunity. Goodman on has them at like twelve in his poll. They might deserve it. They just beat Arizona State on the road by 12. Yeah, 20, 29 in Kenpo. Home court advantage is a little bit different this oh, season. Oh, the show. So sad after the football loss. <laughs> they will be very, very vocal on social media leading up to this game. What I'm else sh- do they have to do? They I'm sure of too it. Too much in California. Uh, I, it was important. BYU had to have this win to stay in the bubble conversation, Jerem. Yes. They, they had to have it. When you said bubble, I was thinking COVID. But, yeah, uh, the March Madness bubble. Yeah. No, to get to six and two, if BYU is five and three with losses back to back, Boise State and Utah at home, it, like tournament chances, then are like, okay, can BYU beat Gonzaga? Because that's probably the only pair they have. And I don't see, you know, it, it's going to be a challenge. But six and for two, anybody, it gives them confidence going into San Diego State. BYU is probably going to live and die by the three against uh, the length and athleticism of San Diego State. Didn't work out so well against USC. We'll see what happens. And against Boise the State. I mean, the start was BYU's undoing. Brutal. It wasn't down the end. fourteen. It wasn't nothing. the end. It was the start. So yeah, this was this was a must-have for BYU to stay in the bubble conversation. BYU kicked butt, and it was awesome. And it was Utah, and that's always awesome. Uh, no football game with Utah, so obviously you have to live through uh, hoops for the time being. But that was great, and what a response! BYU has yet to lose back-to-back games under Mark. Amazing, Pope amazing. Last year to this year, there's plenty of opportunities where they could have. Boise State was disappointing, but the way BYU played was pretty incredible. And it was Alex Barcella with five points and eight assists. Brandon Averett, uh, excuse me, I'll go in alphabetical order. Alex Barcella and Brandon Averett, that ABBA backcourt, 13 assists, both in single digits. Matt Harms with the seven and four. It was a different model of win, which was nice because you can't just have one business model and rely on that. You got to have a couple options when crap hits the fan. And uh, when you have different matchups. And guess what? Richard Harward with 15 and 7 was awesome. Carter Harding, first half didn't miss a shot, right? Ends up with 17. That was awesome. And Spencer Instapot Johnson coming off the bench. Bang! 6 of 11, made four threes. Good D as well. Took some stitches over the eye to show it. Battle wound, right? I loved that. Bench points, 41. 31 of which came from Johnson and Harward. I love that. I, I feel like this was a very important win, not only for what it meant by being, beating Utah in the at-large, but also what it meant for other games where teams cannot just key in on Alex Barcelo. Now, it was just one game, but it was a big one because it was Utah, and it was right before San Diego State. So BYU has a little bit of time off uh, you know, this week. They don't have a, a two games this week, just the one uh, with finals, and then they go Friday, Monday, Wednesday uh, to close out non-conference. And Massive game Friday. We'll break it down later. There's been this long-standing business model of pick one thing and do it really well. Well, guess what? In-N-Out Burger still has a few different extra value meals. BYU needed to show up. A1 today as a fan. (laughs) BYU needed to show up and do something different. It was so fun to watch BYU win in a different way. It will give them massive confidence in that regard going forward. Okay, on to uh, our question of the day and back to BYU football. Announced this morning, BYU will take on UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl on campus of Florida Atlantic University the evening of December 22nd. What's your reaction to that matchup with UCF? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from BYU Johnny on Twitter. I'm happy for the players to continue their journey. 
Of course, I would love to play a more prestigious opponent. Isn't UCF prestigious? But this what? should be a great game. I, I don't I don't get this angle from fans. Like who doesn't well, respect want, UCF? Right UCF now? is respected by everyone universally, except for Alabama. Okay, coming up, <laughs> who's calling for BYU to play in multiple bowl games? What? And BYU senior linebacker Isaiah Kafusi joins us to recap an emotional senior night in the blackout uniforms. What does he think of matching up with UCF? This is BYU Sports Nation. I know he loves swatches. I know that. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. AB for three. Check out BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Greg Rubel reviews the game, previews San Diego State as well. Watch features like Deep Blue, basketball debut with Colby Lee, by the way, the film room with Spencer Instapot Johnson. Tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. I'm hoping Instapot sends me one. That's what I really want. <laughs> Trying to get Pro- that stuff. Just- uh, product from the product it happens to be the name of a product as well (laughs) we are live in studio b day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play i'm spencer linton alongside a man who wants to be an instapot in pickup basketball jerem jordan i I am uh three and no d that's that's my nickname (laughs) no d BYU senior linebacker Isaiah Kafusi, fresh off BYU's 10th win of the season, a victory on his senior night over San Diego State, joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Isaiah, first and foremost, congratulations on a win and the 10th of the season, man. Pretty incredible. Thank you. Yeah, just a special team. We've got something special going and uh, just excited for the bowl game. There's a lot to be said about uh, the mentality that BYU had coming into that game based on just the understandable, massive disappointment of losing at Coastal Carolina. What was BYU able to do as a team to get right mentally and take care of the Aztecs? Yeah, I think we just uh, went back to the basics. Um, Kalani had just encouraged us to kind of go back to the fundamentals of the game. and um, we, we worked hard during the week. Um, we practiced hard. We lifted hard. And uh, we we kind of just went, went back to ourselves, um, you know, the dancing, having fun, smiling. And so uh, that was kind of what, you know, we were encouraged to do. And I felt like we did a, a good job uh, last Saturday night of executing. Uh, it wasn't pretty, uh, especially on the defensive end. But, uh, you know, we, we held them to 14 points and, and um, you know, gave our, our team a chance to win. Um, at what point did you uh, feel like you were playing on Lambeau Field? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, that, that kind of that south end zone and that area was just frozen. I mean, you, you go back and watch the film, guys are kind of like skating around out there. You got, we obviously saw it with the quarterback trying to run, you know, on that fourth down. And, um, yeah, it was that just that, just that, you know, 20 and in kind of that red zone area was just frozen. So um, can't, can't imagine what those guys, you know, the Packers feel like. Is that the coldest game you've played in in your career? I think it is. Yeah, I. I mean, growing up in Utah, I played in you know in the snow. I'd, I'd much rather have it snow actually during the game. It feels warmer for some reason. Hmm. Um, that was probably the coldest game I played in though. Isaiah Kafusi with us on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars have a matchup with UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl coming up on December twenty second. How do you feel about a trip to Florida pre Christmas? In a state that BYU has never won a football game, Isaiah. That's interesting. Didn't know that. Um, really excited about the matchup. Really excited to go to Florida, uh, the humidity, the warmth, uh, and to play a great team. I mean, UCF's a great team. They've got a great quarterback. 
um, and should be a, a big challenge for us defensively. I'm really excited to just play one last time um, and, and really kind of prove again who we are, uh, what, what we're capable of. And so really excited about the matchup, excited about the game and uh, very gracious for just another opportunity. You guys zoom in on one game at a time, but what this one game means is the differentiation, in my opinion, between when the, the zero and one loss BYU teams are in a different category than the two loss teams. That's a, that's a there's a line between them. So what you're playing for is uber meaningful, and you have a chance to finish potentially, I don't know, tenth, eleventh, twelfth in the AP poll. So it feels like there's still a lot to prove. Do you guys feel that in terms of okay, if we win this game, obviously it means a lot beating UCF, but what it means for this season in the history books. Absolutely. I I feel like uh, we want to cap this thing off the right way. Um, What we've done this year is just incredible. Uh, It's absolutely special. Um, I I wish that there was kind of some, you know, access to, to before we even were, you know, this summer, I mean, this last summer, we didn't even know if we were going to play. We're out there practicing and we just see teams, leaving our schedule left and right. And um, so, yeah, what we've done is just incredible and so special and uh, really proud of the guys, really proud of the team. Um, but this def- this game definitely means a lot. And I think we want to end this season the right way. Um, and-, and we want to just continue to prove those, those doubters uh, and those people who kind of have that question mark around BYU. We want to prove them wrong. And so uh, great opportunity this week, or I guess, you know, this, this upcoming game and, uh, really excited to just you know get out there, play again one last time with the guys. Isaiah Kafusi with us on BYU Sports Nation senior linebacker. Isaiah, let's just ask you the question. Did you play your final game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday night? <laughs> Great question. Um, still still am thinking about it, but I, I'm pretty sure um, that I have. Um, just there's just so much going on and, and well my wife and I will obviously continue to talk about it and, and figure it out but um, I, I think it's time to move on I'm ready for the next chapter in my life uh, wherever that is whether that's the NFL um, and if that doesn't work out then I'll just kind of move on and start taking care of my family but uh, just just man that was an awesome win uh, in Lavelle Edwards um, but yeah who, who knows we'll see the, the decision hasn't yet been made 100 percent, but uh, we'll see where it goes does that depend on feedback you get back or is it more than that uh no yeah i i, I don't know i think um i think regardless i i'll just give them a shot um not really looking for feedback i'm just looking for uh just you know just that feeling to, to see if it's the right thing to go but i think regardless i'll be uh ready to just move on and kind of ready for that next chapter. What was it like to play in the final game with Zach Wilson as well at home? Man, that, that was awesome. Um, cause he, kid, cause he's gone. Kid. He's, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know he's kind of, you know, thinking the things through and, and trying to see, but, um, you know, I've seen how the NFL can bless your life and I've got cousins. Um, and it, and it truly does. It, it changes your life. And so, uh, whatever decision he makes um, will be a good one, and and it'll be probably the best one for him. But man, we're just very grateful. Zach gave me. I ran out there on on offense the last play of the game. I wanted to finish. Um, oh, I, I didn't realize that in victory formation. That's yeah. Cool. I went out there. I asked Fessy if I could go out and uh, took the last snap with Zach and and Lopini and 
uh, Neil and Zach handed me the game ball and uh, we embraced each other. Just, man, just a special kid, special team, and very grateful that I'm part of it. That's pretty cool. Uh, and he wore a lay after the game, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you don't wear a lay if it ain't your last home game. So that, that was cool. And I say, I, I think back, and we've been talking, right? You guys are sitting there practicing. You're ready. Tom Holm was telling us before the season, listen, I don't know who we're going to play, when we're going to play, but we're going to be good. And we were like, oh, please, let's go. The fact that you guys played 11 regular se- season games is just incredible. And the fact that you win 10, it's the first 10-win season since 2011. I know Kalani mentioned that in the post game uh, in the locker room. That was a big deal. Like, this this was going to be a special season your senior year, no matter what, you'd make it that. But obviously in a pandemic and winning and everything, it was this, – this was awesome. You, you wanted that one more yard at Coastal, obviously, but it's still a very special year. How would you summarize your feelings about all of this? Yeah, it, it's really tough for me to um, try and verbalize kind of those feelings that I have. Um, just the adversity that we've gone through. Um, all the trials and just the different things that we've had to face uh, year in and year out, whether that's, you know, COVID related or not, or injury related or not. I mean, it's just the the group of guys that we have in the program. They're just incredible. Um, We're all fighters and and we're all just, you know, we we look the adversity dead in the eyes. And I I think that shows um, kind of gives credit to Kalani and kind of the coaching staff and the culture that they've, Finally, you know, the, the culture, everyone has bought into the culture that Kalani has been trying to preach for the last you know few years. And uh, that, I think that's the difference maker. And the program is headed in a direction that's just it's just incredible. Uh, you know, we're getting guys, uh, great recruits coming in that will continue to, you know, embrace this culture and kind of the legacy that we've started and um, really excited about the future and kind of the future of the program and football in general. Isaiah, let's finish with this. What type of urgency do you and your teammates have heading into one last ride against UCF in Boca Raton? Yeah, lots of urgency. Uh, I I think um, we left a lot of plays out on the field Saturday night that we wish we could get back. Um, And and so I think just another chance to go out there to to execute better, to play better. Um, This will be big, big for the program. Um, you know, when we end our bowl games on a win, there's just something about it that just kind of catapults us into the next year, um, specifically looking at, you know, the Idaho Potato Bowl. Um, after that win, I mean, it was like full steam ahead into the offseason. And um, that then looking back at the loss at, at Hawaii, you know, and kind of how that affected the program, I think this will be big for the program and kind of catapulting us into the next season. And so, uh, lots of urgency to to win this one, and uh, definitely want to want to go out with a bang. Um, and so, really excited about what we can do uh, come you know the twenty second. Hey, let's flip the script in Florida, huh? Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for BYU to go and get that first win in the state of Florida. Love that, love that. Appreciate it, Isaiah. Congratulations on an amazing career and an amazing season. We look forward to watching you play against UCF. Thank you. Isaiah Kafusi on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. So he's more than likely gone, which is what I would expect of a lot of the seniors. Just, all right, I'm going to throw my name in the ring, right, for the NFL. So we'll see who comes back if anyone comes back. Everyone can if they want. Right. So we'll, we'll see. His is understandable for sure because of his age. Like if he want- And he has a kid. 
Like, it's time to yeah, move life on. Life situation changes it, right? Yeah. Okay, coming up, ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the matchup with UCF and shoe throwing. And which double-digit scoring performance for BYU basketball, and there were multiple on Saturday against Utah, is the most sustainable? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. If you missed BYU football top 100 plays, it is on demand, baby, on the BYU TV app right now. We know Tom Homo liked it. He tweeted about it last night. Hopefully you did as well. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's on demand, baby. This is a ton of fun to make. I was part of the show, and I watched it. I watched part, it twi- you, were, you were a tri-producer with myself and, and Caleb Lemming, our uh, line producer on the show today as well. We had a ton of fun. We also, by the way, recorded a podcast, BYU Sent Extra, where we just talked about it. It's on the podcast feed. Um, so check that out as well. I've watched it twice after the fact. So Have you? It on YouTube. Nice. Yeah, I watched it twice nice. on YouTube. Yeah, we put it on the YouTube as well. He is Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars headed to Florida for a Boca Raton matchup with UCF. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Ramp presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problem. Which double-digit performance for BYU Hoops is more sustainable? Spencer Johnson, Connor Harding, or Richard Harwood? For me, it's Connor Harding just because I think Connor is going to start the rest of the season. And I expect if BYU is going to make a legitimate tournament run, a guy like Connor Harding is going to have to average double figures to help out Alex Barcelo. I agree. Let's present another idea. Richard Harwood. A lot of his points came off the glass. I think he can take advantage as a bench scorer of the backup power forward or center on the other team. So perhaps Richard Harward gets to about eight a game. I only saw Richard Harward really struggle in one game this year. It was against USC. So I'm interested well, to see how he matches up. Going to against a lottery pick against there San Diego State, yeah. who features those type of players that USC put on the floor. Yeah, yeah, fun to watch. Over the weekend. Our friend Brett McMurphy tweeted the following. With all of these teams opting out of bowls, can BYU and Liberty play in multiple bowls now? Asking for a friend. Jeremy, are you down for multiple bowl games? Yes, but again, a holiday is going <laughs> to blow up an added game plan. Um, except for Coastal Carolina. That was a three-day thing, right? BYU didn't play Colorado, uh, mainly because Thanksgiving. Like, that was a big situation with that in addition to the oh, protocols. Oh, Washington? Sorry, Washington. Um, Colorado played San Diego State. Uh, yeah, I think Christmas would blow up that idea. Just BYU's going to send its players home after the bowl game. I would love it. Hey, if like the Birmingham Bowl became open on January 1st and COVID scenario, and it's like, if BYU, do you want to play in the Birmingham Bowl on New Year's Day? Yeah, let's do it. Like, and here's the thing. If I'm Zach Wilson, I wouldn't want to play in a second bowl game. Well, now. there's understanding there. You like, know. okay, fine. He plays I will in one. play the one, but I'm not I'm playing not another. Play so games. it's like, all right, Baylor Romney, let's go. <laughs> Travis Tonga accepts a spot in the Hula Bowl. Will he be the second Cougar drafted in 2021? I don't know. Brady Christensen has been so good, according to Pro Football Focus, but he's not on many, like, high NFL draft board, so I, he's kind of a mystery to me. He feels like a day three guy right now based on not being mentioned at all in day one or two, so it's it's kind of weird. Yeah, and I feel like Kyrus is right in that same and area. Brady would have to go early. Like, he's coming back unless he's going early, so that'll be interesting. Well, probably. Probably Kyrus is the second player drafted by BYU. Matt Bushman would have been it for sure, yeah, and, but and the injury. And Bushman now, it's like, oh, is he drafted at all? Hopefully. Uh, but it'd be day three, I think. 
Okay, this just in. The BYU offensive line has been named one of 11 semifinalists for the Joe Moore Award given to the top offensive line unit in the well country. Well done. So very nice. Uh, Blue not, grit, as Eric Mateos would right. say. BYU's not going to win that award. Um, they're going to give it to a Power 5 team, you'd think, that runs the ball more. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty notable. That's exciting. Okay, coming up, the weekend prop picks recap. Who and won? ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us. Does BYU still have a legitimate shot to finish in the AP Top 10 when the final rankings are out? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Top 10 would be awesome, man. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU and UCF, luckily it's not going to look like that with all the snow. Countdown to kickoff December 22nd, 6 Eastern time. As uh, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Spencer Linton in Boca Raton, Florida. We'll get you ready for this game. Palm trees for Christmas. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B on a Monday. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline for another Maddich Monday is ESPN analyst, college football insider, and expert. Oh, and he's a national champion, too. Trevor Maddich back with us. Welcome, Trevor. Great to have you back on the show. It is great to be here, guys. Thank you. BYU and UCF in Florida, Boca Raton. How do you feel about the bowl game matchup on the evening of December 22nd? That is a phenomenal matchup. I mean, UCF is one of the more respected programs in the country. And even though they've got three losses, they're all by one score. And this season, they've averaged, I know as of a couple weeks ago anyway, they were averaging about 650 yards per game. This is still one of the most prolific offenses in all of college football. So there should be a lot of fireworks in this game. It should be as entertaining as any Holiday Bowl's ever been with a matchup of these two terrific offenses, and I'm excited to see it. It's uh, You could argue, uh, you know, second-best opponent, probably, right, on the schedule this year. Uh, Coastal uh, certainly still undefeated and respected and top 15, right, uh, kind of team. So this is an opportunity for BYU to go out with one loss, which this would only be the sixth time in school history to do so. It feels like BYU's still playing for a lot to prove in this game, Trevor. What do you think? Well, they are because expectations had been uh, elevated so much by their play this season. And the fact that they had that loss at Coastal Carolina, it came by one yard. They were one yard short of still being undefeated. One yard. And there are a lot of people that look at that and say, yeah, but they lost. They lost. Well, when you're a player, you know that that you played, what, 200 200 plays or so in that game. And if it comes down to a play and the other team makes the play, they deserve the victory. But you don't discount the rest of that game. And this BYU team has done so much so well. Now, to finish it out, if they're able to beat UCF, it will be a phenomenal one. I think their second best win of the season if they can if they can beat the Golden Knights. But that will, I think, put a bow on top of this outstanding season. And it will send them into the offseason – feeling the way they deserve to feel after all the work they've done, not on the field, but off the field to stay able to play through all the COVID craziness. Trevor Maddox of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. For the first time since 1975, BYU will not play a single Power 5 on a schedule. How will this ultimately impact the Cougars' resume when all is said and done? Well, the committee this year, is giving relatively equal weight to strength of schedule, strength of as they have in past years. And I, I respect the committee as individuals and as a group. I respectfully disagree with doing that this year. I think they need to look more at what they see on tape and, and a little bit less 
on what the schedule shook out to be because the schedule has been just devastated by COVID. And that's not just BYU, that's all over the place. As a matter of fact, you've got an Ohio State team that's 5-0 and right now that's ranked uh, fourth in the country at least. We'll see what happens tomorrow on the, on the reveal of, of the final rankings. But then you've got, you know, uh, SEC and ACC teams that have played 10 games. And so how do you compare that? And I think you've got to compare it by looking on tape and saying, okay, well, Ohio State's got five games. USC's got five games, right? So how do you compare them? Can you say that they should be knocked down because they have fewer games? Well, the same thing applies to BYU. And should you say that their relative value in the rankings should be knocked down because of the way their schedule out? I think that should be diminished in value. What you see on tape should be elevated in value. But the kids chosen not to do that. So not having a power five team, they still have got some outstanding wins in there. And if they're able to beat UCF, that's a big if. If they're able to do that, I don't think anybody should look at their schedule and say that it was a problem. Now, in fairness to BYU, if you really want to be snarky about it, you can look at the SEC West, and you can see LSU is down. Mississippi and Mississippi State have new coaches. Arkansas has a new coach. You know, so what's the value of all that? I still think it's a, to go through a 10-game SEC schedule is monumental, but you can nitpick anything you choose to nitpick. I think the nitpicking should take a backseat and the film should take a, you know, should be in the driver's seat. Speaking of the SEC, did you ever rip off a player's shoe and throw it? Of course I did. I just threw it more accurately. That guy only went, you know, 20 yards down the field and it was kind of a wobbly throw. You've got to know how to throw a shoe with a tight spiral. If you can do that, you can do anything. Listen, you're talking about the LSU game and, against Florida. And this happened with BYU Tennessee last year, by the way. Zach Daw rips off Jared Garantano's shoe and throws it. No flag. How far to go? How far to go? All the way <laughs> into the Tennessee sideline. It was a chuck. He, so he did wrestling and shot put growing up. Yeah, no, he's thinking about all those Hail Marys that uh, he's legacy to. He's like, okay, I got a shoe. What am I going to do with it? Um, I'll tell you what, though, the, the LSU-Florida one, that, that, that was a penalty that contributed to Florida losing to LSU on Saturday. So that ended up being a big thing. Zach Daw, I liked it because he's uh, Zach Daw. <laughs> he's a coot. Let's go. Trevor, meanwhile, BYU takes care of business against San Diego State 28-14 on Saturday night in the what we were calling the Ice Bowl. It was 16 degrees by the time we left Lavelle Edwards Stadium. But, hey, a successful senior night for uh, 15 guys that took their final walk down Lavelle Edwards Stadium in the field. 16. 16, correct. Zach Wilson uh, is not going to be back. He's not a senior technically, but, we, yeah, Zach's gone. Uh, what would you think of BYU's performance against San Diego State after a shaky start? You know, Spencer, I said that, that if they beat UCF, it will probably be their second best win. I think San Diego State was their best win of the season, and it will remain so no matter what happens in the bowl game because this was the game that, that they would have come out deflated, and they could have had a really bad day against San Diego State, and nobody would have blamed them because all of those dreams of an undefeated season, of a New Year's Six Bowl, of an outside chance at the playoff, all those things were squashed one yard short of the goal line the week before. And this San Diego State team is no joke. I mean, the offense is okay, but the defense is top 10 of the nation. It always is. And sure enough, San Diego State came out and hit him in the mouth in the first quarter and led the first quarter 14 to 7. And then BYU tightened their belt, came out, and outscored him 21-0 the 
the rest of the game. San Diego State did a lot of good things, but when it came time to stop them on fourth down or to get a key turnover or to make a key play on offense, it was the Cougars that did it, and they did it against a worthy team with an outstanding defense the week after maybe the most deflating loss possibly in BYU history. And to come back and do what they did against those Aztecs, I've got tremendous respect for it. No matter what else happens the rest of this year in the ballgame, that to me will always be their greatest victory of this season. That's that's quite a statement. And the fact that BYU has played 11 games, they're going to play a 12th, we hope, right, with the bowl game. Hopefully everyone's cool with COVID and everything. It's, it's pretty remarkable. And then BYU's 10-1 and one and stays at 14 in the AP poll. I think we kind of thought, hey, there's a chance BYU could finish top 10. Now I'm thinking like, 11th or 12th is probably, uh, you know, as high as BYU could go. But if BYU does that, that's pretty notable. Not just playing, but that they finished as a top 15 team, maybe top 12. Well, look at what's ahead of them right now. Um, you know, when you look at the committee anyway, and that's the one that, that really matters most in most people's minds. Ahead of them, you've got Iowa State and Oklahoma. Oklahoma is currently 11. Iowa State uh, currently seven they're going to move up one because of what happened in front of them but they're going to play in the conference championship game and it's possible if there's a dominating victory by one of those teams the other one will bounce behind byu because that will be their third loss then so that's a possibility miami just got completely annihilated by uh north carolina so that's one that's going to bounce back behind byu so there's different things that can happen here and then the bowl games um things could happen now the final poll the ap poll uh, will be the AP and the coaches poll because the committee won't have a poll or a ranking after the bowl games, right? So next week we're looking at the committee. But when the bowl games are all said and done, you've got the possibility of teams ahead of them losing and the inevitability in case of the Big 12. And you've got AP and coaches poll putting out their final rankings after that, I believe. And BYU does still have a chance to finish in the top 10, which would be a, a historic achievement. Yeah, it's nice to think about considering BYU hasn't finished ranked in the AP Top 25 since 2009. Hard to believe that, but uh, that's only three times ever in the final top 10. Yeah. Wow. How, how no, about Jeremy, you were 2009, Jeremy, you were six years old, so that's a long time. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. Second grade. So Jerem was joking earlier in the interview, Trevor, that uh, maybe we've seen Zach Wilson play in Provo for the final time. And really, it's not much of a joke. It, it, it feels like a reality. He wore a lay after the game. I was like, ah, that's the final one. Do you think we watched Zach Wilson play in Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the final time? I think we have. And I think it's the smart thing for him to do. He's got another natural year of eligibility. Plus, he's got the COVID year of eligibility. He can stay for another couple of years, I think. But... For him to go now is the right thing, and there's there's two reasons. First of all, finish the season healthy. Go get generational money for your family, or at least lifetime money for your family. If you get to that second contract at the NFL, now you're talking generational money. You don't know what injury situation might occur, and he does have a history of injury. And so if he comes back, he may elevate his, his draft stock, and I think he probably would just because he wouldn't be competing with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and those guys although he's still a first-round draft choice. But I think that the risk of getting injured outweighs how much he might improve his initial draft stock. So he really does need to go. And as much as it would hurt BYU fans to see him go with eligibility left on the table, I think they need to be really happy for him and appreciative of what he's done and to be excited about the future at quarterback because there are some really talented players that will be competing to take his place. 
Trevor, right now it's Alabama. That's if he goes. Yeah, it's Alabama. I'm not kicking him out. <laughs> you don't leave right. the door open. Leave the door open. Uh, yeah. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame seem like locks. Uh, does Texas A&M deserve to be in instead of Ohio State? See now, they're okay. Big bucket of worms right there, Spencer. You are a troublemaker. You're an instigator. <laughs> the answer to that is it depends on what you're looking at, right? If you're looking at strength of schedule and all that, then absolutely, because they will have played nine SEC games. Normally, your maximum complement of SEC games is eight. They scheduled 10, one got canceled, so nine SEC games, right? And the only game they lost was to Alabama, the number one team in the country, whereas Ohio State's got five games overall, and their best win is to Indiana, who's lingering outside the top 10. Uh, Okay, so right now, Dabo Sweeney of Clemson, head coach, and the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, are kind of heaping shade on Ohio State and the Big Ten, saying that do you get rewarded for playing games or for not playing games? Right, Because the more you play, the more injuries you might get, the more opportunity you have to lose, all that. So right now it's getting snarky from a standpoint of where that fourth spot will be and who will go there. But when you ask who might deserve it, I think that if you look on tape, Ohio State is the better team. Texas A&M is outstanding at running the ball and stopping the run. But their downfield passing game is non-existent. Their receiving core is not that dynamic anyway. And then their best receiver, Jamon Osmond, opted out. And so when you've got a, a playoff caliber defense trying to slow down that running game, which they will, plan B for Texas A&M, not that good. Ohio State, plan B is phenomenal, throwing the ball down the field. So on tape, I think Ohio State is the better team. So the question is, do you penalize Ohio State because of what COVID did to their schedule? Or do you reward Texas A&M because they played twice as many games as Ohio State? So this is the dilemma that the, that the committee has. If it's me, I, I edge towards what I see on tape, and that means Buckeyes. Trevor Maddich has spoken. This is the way. Trevor, it's great to catch up with you, man. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich, BSPN on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. So many rise and shout-outs to uh, give out, but who gets ours? Ah, yes, and a prop pick recap. Only one game determining who's going to spin the wheel of consequence one. on Friday. Oh, and it just happened. Don't go anywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. Zach should have watched it. BYU Sports Nation's Rising Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Also download the podcast, subscribe, review, and then rate. Someone pointed this out. They're like, I, I should review it before I rate it, right? And I was like, oh, or, or I should listen to it. It's like, you know what? You're right. That's a great point. We don't really care about right. the order. Just please do it. We love you. <laughs> yeah, do that and then enjoy this next segment. It's time for our weekend prop picks recap. BYU San Diego State and BYU basketball Against Utah. Okay, who will score more points Saturday? Tyler Algier, Dax Milne, Matt Harms, or Brandon Avery? Algier didn't play. Ugh. Milne scored a touchdown. Harms had seven. Avery had five. You picked Algier, didn't, didn't play. play. Uh, Harms had seven, so I get the point. All right, number two. Who will have the better three-point percentage on Saturday? Alex Barcelo or Shaley Gonzalez? And because Shaley Gonzalez Shaley didn't Gonzalez play. Gonzalez didn't play because Boise State had a COVID issue in women's hoops. I get the point here. Alex Barcelo, one for two hey, from three for 50%. Play. 
It's five points. It didn't matter. BYU won by 18, so it's 1-1 after the two picks. Who scores first for football against San Diego State? Um, you picked Algier. I picked Milne. It wouldn't have mattered if Algier played. Milne scored the first. Yes, time. he did. A win by you. Maybe they would have handed it off if he was playing. Okay. Number four. More sacks by the BYU football defense, made three-pointers by Caleb Lohner, or blocked shots by Matt Harms? That was a fun question. I edge out Jerem here for the point. I took Matt Harms. He had two blocks. The BYU defense only had one sack. And, and it was Caleb George Lohner, Hey, front seven, can you get a sack? Caleb Lohner had one made three. So Matt Harms takes point. It's 2-2 two, two after four. Hey, to the fifth and final question. More Zach Wilson completions or Alex Barcelo points. This is not the Alex Barcelo scoring <laughs> game. Also, Zach uh, had a great game, right? He 26 went, of 35. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. So Alex Barcelo had five points. So you win 3-2. And because this is the only game this week, unless we choose to, like, add a game, meaning you do women's hoops or something, then I lost again. So <laughs> we'll spin the wheel Friday. Yeah. What do you think, BYU Sports Nation? Should we add another game? Should we add a game or not? Nah? Should, should we give Jeremy a shot to win? It just is what it is. It's like the bowl game. I don't, I'm not going <laughs> to waste time worrying about it. Let's go. Our question of the There's day. There's no shave your head on there, which is good. Yes. We should have it like the tiniest sliver. Like the tiny like, one? Like, like if, if just crazy 1% chance. Like the million dollar spot on yeah. the Wheel of Fortune. Or it's like steps in the side of your yeah. <laughs> Our question of the day, bowl game related. What's your reaction to BYU playing UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Connor Egbert on Instagram says, love it. Will be a good game played in Florida where fans can attend and bowl activities can still be somewhat normal for the athletes. Florida, man. Yeah, 17,000 at the Florida game over the weekend. Couldn't see them in the fog, though. Today's Rise and Shoutouts are brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward to all the seniors for their final game and Zach Wilson. Uh, it was junior day as well for Zach. So congratulations to those guys. What a career. What a season. And uh, my Rise and Shoutout goes to BYU basketball for holding the torch Man. against the University of Utah. 17-plus. Football didn't get a chance to play. We'll have to wait until 2021 for that. 17. By the way, San Diego State covered. Yes, they did. Our thanks to today's guests, Trevor Madison, Isaiah Capucci. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout-out to Tavita Alpha Hengawe. See you on BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. All right, Dennis.